Hello, Betty Page fans. Welcome to episode five of the official Betty Page podcast. I'm Mark Morey, and I'm your host, along with the always lovely Tori Rodriguez. Hi, Tori. How are you today? Hey, Mark. I'm doing great. How are you? Well, I'm doing well, and I'm looking forward to a fun conversation today. Today, we're talking about the biopic about Betty, the notorious Betty Page, the scripted, fictionalized story about the notorious Betty, titled The Notorious Betty Page. And uh, so why don't you kick that off, Dory? All right. So the film came out in 2005, but I was totally uh, late to the party, (laughs) to the Betty party, and I didn't see it until um, about the summer of 2013. Um, And I was just, you know, not really knowing anything about Betty. I was completely intrigued with her to say the least. Uh, and that was really what introduced me to her and led me down the rabbit hole of, you know, trying to find out anything I could about her. Um, but coincidentally, your film, um, had its theatrical release in 2013. So in finding out everything I could about Betty, after seeing the notorious Betty page, I found out about your movie and, um, wrote some articles about it. You sent me a copy to, to review and that completely blew me away. I think I've mentioned to you before. It was like, I thought the notorious Betty page was sort of a, sort of a skeleton or like a rough sketch or outline of, of her story. And then your film like really filled in all the details and brought her to life. Um, it, but it was interesting. So in hindsight now really knowing Betty and her story, um, and watching the notorious Betty page again recently, um, I I was in, more impressed with some things and less impressed with others than I was originally. Like I really thought I loved how they recreated a lot of the the costumes and, and the girly mags and some of the like the claw the Irving Claw sets and things like that. Um, I thought Gretchen Gretchen Mall did an unbelievable job um, as Betty, but I just felt like you know you come away from the film not really knowing anything about Betty as a person. Like it, I, I, don't, I didn't think, you know, it gave a, any sen- real sense of her personality, really how intelligent and creative she was. It didn't, it was just like, it just showed this woman like kind of just going through the motions, like from one thing to another um, in this sort of like disembodied way or something. I don't know if that was intentional or not, but that was sort of my takeaway. Well, um, th- you know, the first time I saw it, it was around the time it came out and uh you know, my film hadn't come out yet. And in fact, it was still, you know, in, in production. And um, I, knowing Betty as well as I did and knowing her story as well as I did, I was not very impressed by it. Mm-hmm. And uh, now, I, now that I've watched it again more recently, I have a little more positive opinion of it. And of course, anything that brings people to Betty Page is good, I think. Yep. You know, if that opens the door for people and they get into Betty Page, then, you know, that's great. That's wonderful. Um, I mean, maybe one thing we could talk about, we can talk about Betty's reaction to the film because she watched it and for that's sure. a story. And uh, maybe there, we can talk, do you want to talk about some specifics from the Notorious Betty Page? Yeah, well, I'm actually really curious and you and, and I'm sure you'll be getting to this, but like, what, what was your... Th- I guess, and I want to hear all your thoughts about it, but what was your thought about that particular piece of like, really, you know, how it portrayed Betty as a person, like her inner workings or any of that stuff? 
Well, I, I think, yes, I think you are right in what you said. They did. It's hard to capture who Betty Page is. She's a, such a unique person. And they were sort of reenacting episodes in Betty's life. Mm-hmm. And of course, when you're trying to portray someone's whole life in a 90-minute film, that's not easy to do. And you have to... Yeah. So they kind of compressed some things, had some things happen at different times and different locations than they actually happened. Like the rape scene, uh, yes. the, that was in, they portrayed that as in Nashville, but that happened in New York City. And I was, I thought they, they had, it looked like she got together with Billy Neal, but then I never saw whatever happened with that, except maybe that he was abusive to her. Um, yeah. And it almost seemed like that rape was while she was with Billy or right after she was with Billy. I don't know. Um, but, um, so the, the facts of how that thing happened were kind of accurate, but, you know, when you hear Betty tell that story, which she does in my film, Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know when you hear it from the first person who it happened to, and it's Betty Page telling it with her unique voice. It's, it's just, you know, I think it's in a different category, so to speak. So, you know. Right. And and I don't know if you want to get into this now, but it, I think it's interesting that you initially were, were going to make a feature film about Betty. And I'd, well, I'd love to hear about that. Well, yeah, let's, uh, I mean, I was actually initially making, and, and my initial deal with Betty was to make a documentary about her. And I paid her $10,000 to cooperate exclusively with me in making my documentary. And then I later paid her a lot more money than that to cooperate exclusively with, with exclusively with me in making a feature film. Uh, that uh, I don't know. Should we go into that now? I guess we could do that. Um, so it was in 1996 that I through uh, through a story I've told. I met Betty through my entertainment attorney Bob Darwell, uh, and. He was originally told me he was negotiating a deal with HBO on a Betty Page documentary. But then, as I remember it, and I understand what he said, I believe he said to me, well, but HBO now wants to do a a scripted, rather than a documentary, a scripted story about Betty's life, but they don't want to pay any more than they offered for the documentary. And so he was... The deal wasn't happening. So that's when I said, well, I want to make a documentary about Betty Page. And of course, later, I also made a deal with her to do a feature film. And after that, I was able to get Liv Tyler. This was around the year 2000. Okay. I was able to get Liv Tyler attached to play Betty Page, who I think would have been perfect. I mean, I think she's the closest thing you could find to Betty Page in terms of her look and also her affectation and I think her ability to capture Betty because I saw her in one movie where I thought okay that's that's very close to what a Betty Page character and uh, I think she was in Tuscany in that movie I don't remember the name of it but okay. anyway um, so I my and of course my lawyer Bob Darwell is a good friend of mine when he heard I was going to New York to meet with Liv Tyler he said oh I want to come along and meet her too yeah. <laughs> So I I did. He, he and I met with uh, met with uh, Liv Tyler in a restaurant. Had a very lovely conversation. She was she loved the idea of playing Betty Page, and so we signed her up. And then I also 
got Martin Scorsese attached to direct it. Now that really seems pretty good, right? Yes. Um, and I, we, you know that was on the front page of the trade papers in Hollywood, uh, Hollywood Reporter and Variety. And um, then a, 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 some time went by. It was a year, a couple of years. I don't remember how long, but I was not getting anything from Scorsese. I was not getting any feedback. Let's go ahead and do this. Let's yeah. get a script written, anything. So, you know, the producer I was working with who attached him, I don't know. I just said, I've got to move on because I want to get this movie made. So um, there was a good friend of mine who was a big Betty Page fan who worked at uh Walper Productions, who was based at Warner Brothers. And um, he had at one time did a Betty Page blog, and he was like the head of development for Walper. And of course, you know, David Walper was a big documentary guy. I mean, he was, he was, ah. uh, he was, had made many documentaries in the 60s and 70s and so forth. And um, so my friend Kevin Nicholas uh, helped me get another director attached and i'm trying to remember his name he was he had directed a, a batman film um and he had previously been a costume designer before becoming a director and oh, wow. apo i apologize before uh, maybe i'll remember his name by the end of this i should have looked okay. that up anyway so we worked with him for a while and just it never developed it never we never even got to the point of of having a script so then at some point after that, I got a call from Colin Callender, who was the head of HBO Films. Oh, wow. At that time. <laughs> and he said to me, and we were talking about, you know, a Betty Page movie. And the one thing I remember him saying to me is, you know, I, he was clear that I had Betty Page's exclusive rights. She was uh, exclusively cooperating with me. And he says to me, I will never make an unauthorized Betty Page film. Because one of the things that upset Betty was there was all these people going around sort of unauthorized mm -hmm. doing things in her name without her involvement, permission, or even remunerating her, paying her. Yeah. So, um, so he said that. And I, you know, of course, that's Hollywood talking. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, I found out that was the case at a certain point because then... I heard that they were in production on the Notorious Betty Page. And then one of the producers of the Notorious Betty Page called me and offered me $5,000 to be able to interview Betty Page. Um, now, and I think that was partly an effort to be authorized ah. and, to, and to be, you know, to be, seen as to for to have Betty's blessing for what they were doing. Right. And of course, when you're doing a, a movie in Hollywood, they like to base it on something. You know, they like to like have a book to base it on or mm -hmm. some, some piece of intellectual property to base it on. And I noticed in the credits when I watched the notorious Betty Page's time, the Richard Foster book is what they used as their <laughs> and that's actually I have to say that's pretty bad because the Richard I Foster agree. book was was horrible. And exploitive I think, and, and didn't, inaccurate. Didn't Betty call him the the devil in human form or something like that? I'm sure Betty that would yeah. be the kind of language Betty would use. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so and so they offered me the five thousand dollars to be able to interview Betty, and I just said no. I mean, you know, I, I it wasn't worth it to me to uh, 
have Betty be blessing this other project. Right. So, so that movie came out and I, you know, a few years later, then I finished making my film. So maybe we can go back to talking about the notorious Betty Page. You know, yeah. one of the one of the ways I they it's hard to capture who Betty Page is. I think uh, one of the things I I I think they did in the movie that I think was pretty inaccurate was they show Betty in an acting class taking off her clothes. That was a now, weird scene to me as well. Well, I think what they're trying to do with that is show Betty was completely comfortable with nudity, which she was. Betty reveled in her nudity, and that's what comes across in a lot of the photographs. But to do it in acting class is like, that's obviously inappropriate, and that makes mm-hmm. her look like, I don't know, stupid, out of touch. Right, I agree. Something. So that, that I didn't like. I didn't either, and I thought, to me, I almost felt like they were trying to act like all she knows how to do is take off her clothes. Like, that's her default right. thing when she doesn't know what to do. She's just going to start taking off her clothes, which I thought was just kind of dumb. I mean, it would be different if they had tried to like create this context of like, this is one of her behaviors. Like she's, you know, like a trauma based behavior or something like that, but there was just no other context. It was just kind of like, okay. (laughs) Well, in fact, I was waiting for him to do what Betty actually did in acting class. And maybe they did do a version of this, but they, Betty was doing did some acting piece really well and yeah i think they did do this in notorious betty page and and they said well betty where did you get that from and she says something about she makes a reference to jesus yes and and not wanting to be uh go to hell or be whatever something about it was from a religious motivation and she was obviously very religious Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right yep and it's it's interesting too because I don't know just how I mean we know that she became a born again Christian um, in her later years and I know she was religious earlier in life but I, I just don't know the extent to which she was like in the film I was I was kind of surprised to see it be such a consistent thread because maybe that's just an area well, that I, I don't think know as she much always, I think she always believed in God mm-hmm. it's not clear to me how much she went to church say when she was in New York. Yeah, but I think she always believed in God, and then after she retired from modeling, it went to another level. Yeah, you know when she said she was born again and that sort of thing, and uh, you know, and then she was going to the Crystal Cathedral later in life. You know, when she was living in Los Angeles, she would at a holiday she would go to the Crystal Cathedral, that big ten thousand member. That was one of those mega churches that was on TV, and Reverend Robert Schuler was the pastor. And of course, he officiated at her funeral. You see that in my film. That's yeah. how he came to officiate at her funeral because she had actually attended his church. Oh, very cool. Yeah. And he said a funny thing. He said to me, because um, I talked to him after, and I, I think we even interviewed him. Uh, I talked to him after the funeral service. And he says, well, it took Betty Page. And, and, you know, Hugh Hefner was at the funeral. He was sitting right on the front row with these two 19-year-old new girlfriends that he had, the twins. <laughs> <laughs> and he said to me, you know, it took Betty Page to bring me and Hugh Hefner together. <laughs> so that was kind of funny. Yeah. Because they were both kind of the same age, the same era. They be- started to become successful in the 50s and in the 60s. So they had these kind of parallel careers. Yeah, and that, I love that. That's really like an external representation of the dichotomy of right. Betty, you know? <laughs> right, right, right. That's really cool. Um, well, so, and of course, we both have the gift of hindsight and looking at all this, but, you know, one of the things that I was curious about was 
um, sort of like what, I guess, like you said, I mean, it's difficult to capture who Betty is and especially in a 90 minute film, but what, do you have anything in mind about like what you might've done in a, in a feature film like that to like really. Well, I tell you one scene I would like to do is, is a scene is as a story we show in my film. I mean, they had, they had Betty, they had Betty's boyfriend, basically only boyfriend. And I guess you got to reduce it to one in a short film like this. Marvin, he was an early boyfriend of Betty's in New York. He he's prominent in the film. Um, but you know, Betty said Marvin didn't really like sex that much. So, <laughs> right, but, and didn't she? I think she said she wasn't. She just like wasn't attracted to him. Like I, something like that. Yeah. It was more. It seemed like she was talking about it more as a platonic relationship. Yep. And but anyway, she had this other boyfriend who later became an advisor in the Nixon White House. He was a, a military guy, um, and. Uh, God, my memory's bad. I can't was, it, was that Charles West? Yes, Charles West. Yes. So he and Betty had this torrid affair. And of course, photo- him photographing her nude was part of their relationship. Yeah. Those so, photos are amazing. Yeah. And those were not originally intended to be released to the public. I mean, that was between Betty and him. How did this and get out? So I would love to, I would love to portray. Charles West relationship with Betty oh my and gosh. them them going up to the Time Life office in a weekend when no one was there and Betty doing kind of taking off her clothes and doing all these great poses. That's where those were taken at the yes. Time Life building? Yeah. Yeah. That's where he worked. God, amazing. <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah. And uh, then some of the other photographs that he took were at his apartment. And that's where she's wearing the op- black opera length gloves and the white. Yeah. And she's on the couch and she's in the mirror and she's on the bed with the black gloves on. Uh-huh. And, you know, she's kind of saying to him, let's stop with the photography. And get on I know. <laughs> I know I did interpret it like a few, a few of the a few of the photos from right. those sets. I'm like, right. <laughs> she looks over it. <laughs> right, right. But it's so funny because you could totally understand. I mean, imagine being Betty Page's boyfriend. You would be like, I'm going to take pictures of her all day and night. And then she's she's into it, right? You know, right? So. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Now, those but, were his private collection, and at some point, they got released to the public. And I don't know exactly when that was, but. It was in time to go into my film. I know that. And I was also able to use an audio, rec- a phone recording, audio recording that had been done with Charles West um, by the Betty Pages guy. What's, I'm bad on names today. Um, Greg, Greg Theakston. Greg Theakston, right. He yeah. was, so he, Greg Theakston provided me with audio recordings of two of Betty's boyfriends, which were really great oh, Amazing. Stories. Yeah. Who was the other one besides Charles West? Was that was well, that, he, that was another thing I would like to put in a movie? Was he was yeah Richard Arbib was this great car designer? I mean, and we have pictures of his car designs in the film, and he designed a watch yeah. for Betty. And there's a picture of him and Betty standing next to one of his design cars. And in fact, there's a funny story. You know, I um I'm from Jacksonville, Florida. And I came down to Jacksonville for a screening of Betty Page Reveals All at a local theater here. And this guy that does a vintage car show showed up and he, we got to talking later and he, at his next vintage car show, 
which is on Amelia Island. I mean, it's all these expensive, you know, Porsches and Ferraris and all these kind of things. He had Richard Arbib's car that he designed that the, is in the picture with him and Betty Page. So that was really cool. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And so I guess he knew something about that because he came to see the film and he pointed, that's the car. And it's we're showing it out at, at our uh, oh my God. car event. Yeah. That's so yeah. cool. Yeah. But that's awesome that you had that audio recording of Charles West because it seems like over the years as I've I, like continued to search Betty stuff periodically, it seems like the Charles West stuff has dropped off. Like it's almost like they're trying to like scrub that. relationship or something yeah i mean there are pictures that are very revealing many of them Mm -hmm. and um so you can't put them on facebook without censoring them right uh so it's harder to you know a lot of places want to censor nudity so yeah they don't show up because of that or they show up censored oh by the way i forgot to mention in the beginning we are going to be at the end of the podcast announcing a giveaway of three signed DVDs or Blu-rays of Betty Page Reveals All. So stay tuned for yes. that. <laughs> yep. Check out our social media pages for that. And we'll, right. we'll give you more details on or where to find us later in the All episode. Right. Um, but so, so you would have, you would have portrayed at least a bit more of her relationships. Well, you know, and- Betty, Betty had, as, as one of her boyfriends said, I think it was Charles West, Betty had a very healthy attitude about sex. Mm-hmm. She was not hung up. She liked it. And that's reflected in her photographs too. So Definitely. that, that you don't really see that in the movie. Now I, you know, it's easy to, criti- it's easy to criticize somebody else's movie. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think they were doing a lot of things that, uh, to try to capture who Betty was. Um, and it's easy for me to talk about what I would like to have done. Of course. Um, and, um, oh, there's a train going by. I don't know if you can hear that. I can't. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, so, so. Um, but yeah, no, I see, what you're, I see what you're saying. It's, it's, I mean, like I said, we have the gift of hindsight and it's easy to kind of come in <laughs> like afterwards and say, oh, I would have done this, this and this. But um, right, and you're also comparing a fictionalized movie mm-hmm. with the movie that Betty actually. You hear her voice, and you see all these great photographs, or you see the actual Betty Page, and you hear her voice, and you get her personality. So, you know, it's a, right. it's, a, it's a different thing. Yeah, I mean, and I'm sure it became apparent to you. I mean, even though it's, you planned to have Betty um, involved in in your film, I'm sure it became apparent that you you really can't. It, it is almost impossible to capture her essence without her <laughs> portraying right. it and telling it herself. Well, I, I would like to have done that with the live, tried it with Liv Tyler, but we weren't able to get that far. Ah, uh, so. that's a bummer. Oh my God. That would be, that would have been amazing to see. Right. Right. So, um, and Liv Tyler was about the right age at that time too. I think in say her early thirties, which is, I think what yeah. Betty was, was in her early thirties pro- you know, portraying herself as being 22 and 24 and passing, you know, p- people uh, assumed that was correct. Right. Wasn't um, it like in the film, Benny, Bunny Yeager was like, I wouldn't tell people right, <laughs> your right, <full> right. age. <laughs> right. Right. So maybe we should go on to some of the questions we got on social media. Okay. Yeah. We actually, it wasn't so much questions as um, we got a few comments. Like a lot of the comments were very favorable about Gretchen Wall's performance, which uh, again, I totally agree with. I mean, I think she did a, 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 as good a job as anybody could have um, in that role. What, do you, what did you think about her performance, by the way? 
I thought Gretchen Maul was good. And one of the comments, there was a Charles Laporte that commented on one of our social media said, I thought Gretchen did an amazing job portraying Betty. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, to me, her face doesn't look a lot like Betty. I agree. But with the with the way she did the hair and, you know, I, I think she she did a pretty good job. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, I think she, like you said, I mean, her face wasn't the same, but I think she really kind of embodied, right. embodied her overall right. pretty well. Right. Um, but yeah, in, in kind of in line with what you said about how a lot of the value of, of the movie has been bringing new fans to Betty, um, you know, Miss Lady Lace, um, one of our supporters on Instagram, who's an amazing um, burlesque and, and pinup influencer herself, it, she said, um, she said, I definitely appreciate it. It's not accurate, nor did Betty like the film. Uh, I first saw it as a teenager and from the photos I'd seen of Betty, I thought it captured, captured her essence. At that time, I didn't know too much about her. Um, so it was very interesting. And then she said, I'm glad there are, are more resources now. Um, and for people like you who, who've put so much hard work into preserving details of her life. Uh, and then she said, I think it inspired a lot of people to look more into her life and who she was. Which oh, That's I, great. Yeah. That's good. Oh, and that reminds me, I didn't tell the story about Betty Page's reaction to the film. Oh, yes. So, so Hugh Hefner used to do this weekly movie night at the Playboy Mansion, and they'd have a group of people to come over and watch a movie. Usually they were old classic Hollywood movies. But since, of course, Hefner was prominent in Betty's life, he did a screening of the notorious Betty Page and invited Betty to come over and watch it. And so Betty was there in the room at the back of the audience. And I'm doing going this story by memory. Yeah. Richard, Richard Bann, who's in my movie, and knew Betty very well, uh, and he may be the one actually who took her over there to the Playboy Mansion. Uh, he said to me, um, and you, he, he, he tells this story in my film. Okay. He said, all of a sudden you heard from the back of the room, lies, lies, lies. Why don't you tell the truth? Oh my God, <laughs> you do her so well. <laughs> well, I, I've, I've obviously listened to her a lot. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> And, and so yes, so and actually, I think she ended up leaving or having to leave. Or got she was so upset they uh, escorted her out yeah. her, of the room, and she she was very upset. Now, if you're Betty Page and you're seeing the notorious Betty Page, I can understand why she would react that way. I mean, there was it was not you know because they were, um, you know. Her, you know, they compressed all her boyfriends into one, which was Marvin, which was yeah. not her favorite boyfriend, right. and <laughs> right, and and uh, you know all of that stuff. So you know, I can see why she would object. And and Betty, yeah. I would think, is more kind of literal, if you know what I mean. Yeah, that makes sense. So, right, yeah. that might have been confusing for her. And right. also, where did I see? I don't, I, 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 I don't know if it was in your film or elsewhere. But it was like it seemed like the the part that she got most upset about was the the sexual assault that, like you said, happened in New York, but they portrayed it as happening in Nashville. But um, I think where did I hear? Well, like, she that's reminding her of a very traumatic incident, which she had no trouble describing it to me. And you hear her description of it in my film, but mm -hmm. you know it may have been reminding her of that trauma in a way that she graded on her, you know? Yeah. And then I think too, I don't know if she said this in an interview that I read, or I wish I could remember where, but she said, and remind, I mean, let me know if it was in your film, but where she said that specifically about that part of the story that she had never told that story herself publicly. And so she was really 
just shocked and surprised and, you know, just really blindsided by it, that it was in there. So it almost got, I almost got the feeling she didn't expect that to be portrayed. Well, maybe so, but you know, I don't know. Maybe that's in the Foster book. I don't know. But um, she told me that story. See, I did another lengthy interview of several hours with her after Mm -hmm. the Foster book came out, because that's when we found out that she had been in a mental institution, which she had not previously told me about. But she Uh. was she was fine talking to me about. You know, about the mental institution. And she told me and I don't remember if she told me the rape story in the first interview or the second, but she told it to me. With, you know, I didn't have to pry it out of her. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You know, so. Did, so did she see, did she see, did she have trouble like telling you the story? No. Or was, okay. No. Pretty, pretty I mean, she, she would say like those snakes, she would make those kind of comments, you know, about the guys who, who assaulted her, those yeah. snakes. And of course the story is an example of her, how naive she was. Right. You know, because she gets in the car with these strange people people and she thought it was kind of a double date right which, and I, but it was set up that way to lure her or somebody into yeah. that situation so you know. yeah they did a good job making it appropriately scary i mean it was just like oh my god it just keeps getting worse and worse you know right, like right. starts out with you know one another person gets in the car you're not expecting and then you get to the place there's these two other guys i mean it's just hor- horrific right um right. but um, and then someone else said, Lucy, Lucy Vivienne on, um, on Instagram said, I liked the film, but was disappointed that it only explored her early years. And I felt like it watered down her hardships to fit the rating. What are your thoughts Water, about that? Watered down her hardships to fit the rating? Just like, I, guess, I guess, is it a PG or is it a like a PG-13 or what's, I don't know, maybe, maybe to well, fit the. I would think, I mean, mine's an R, a hard R with sexual. Yeah, <laughs> I forget what they described it. Sexuality and nudity throughout, or something like that. They said we I was roll proud, hard I was, R's over here. I was proud to display that on my Betty Page film. Yes, <laughs> Gra- so, so appropriate. Gra- graphic nudity throughout. I forget the exact wording, but it was yeah. very specific. <laughs> Loud and proud. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, so let's see. What was the question? It was just um, she said Lucy Vivian said she liked the film, but she was disappointed. At, that it only explored her early years. Well, yeah, that's part of the problem. I mean, the early years are really interesting. And, you know, in a, in a biopic, you're, there's a problem. I mean, in my film, we actually cover her whole life, which is not easy to do. And they were picking basically the, you know, her, uh, you know, late forties and early fit and up through 57. And, um, even that can be a lot to cover in a 90 minute documentary. Yeah. yeah. You know, for sure. And then, you know, know, significant things obviously happened in Betty's life after she retired from modeling. Right. So, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah, but I mean, I I can see that that would be a whole other movie, right? Right. (laughs) That would be Betty Page, the lost years. Uh, It could be. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Which is the book you wrote. Right. 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 Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And so, um, and then, Somebody else, Kate, Katie Rage on Instagram said, the best movie for Betty is the one where she actually gets to tell her side. Betty Page Reveals All is the only Betty Page movie worth mentioning, in my opinion. So kudos to yeah. you. Thank you for that. <laughs> yes. Thank you for that. Uh, yeah. And, and uh, our, our friend Evan Lowenthal said, what about the other biopic, Dark Angel? 
And I guess we're going to have to deal with that in a future episode because I watched it years ago, but I don't remember it. I don't remember being particularly impressed by it. But of course, I watched everything about Betty. Yeah, of course, making my film, but I will. We'd have to go into that one at a later point, I think. Yeah, and I, I'm surprised I haven't even ever seen that. So I'll definitely have to take a look at Dark Angel. Yeah, I think it maybe was only on DVD. It was ah. before, it was before streaming. Okay, it may be streaming now. I don't know. Um, then my friend Chuck Scott, a good friend of mine in LA, he he said, "Why are so few of her films and pictures available? Who destroyed them, and why?" Um, now there, there, her, there were pictures and films of hers destroyed or lost, mm-hmm. you know, as part of that repression in the fifties, but Betty, as I said before, by my calculation, Betty was the most photographed model of the 20th century. And there are many more pictures of, available of Betty Page than anybody else you can think of. Yeah. And this is how even, even today, we find new pictures. We we post pictures of Betty every day on our social media. We find new pictures mm-hmm. of Betty that we haven't seen before. And I collected 20,000 discrete different images when oh I was God. researching the film. And uh, we used a thousand of them in the in the in the film. So, you know, you're not there's no Marilyn Monroe, no other model is going to come close to the number of pictures of Betty. And there's there's a number of um, a number of her eight millimeter films that survived. I'm sure all of them didn't survive. Mm-hmm. But I went to Movie Star News in New York and made a deal with them. I transferred something like ten of her eight millimeter films to uh, you know to video, and I, I believe some of those are on the DVD. Oh, very cool. And of course, you see clips from many of them in Betty Page Reveals All. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the things that that sucks is that there's not more, there's really, I think, only that one known clip of her speaking when she was younger. I mean, of course, we get lots of her narration in your film, which is wonderful, and her 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 older voice, but it's, it's interesting that there's not much yeah, she, with her yeah, speaking. She, she only says a few words. And you see that at the very beginning of my film. And that's the only thing I could find where you actually heard her voice back then. Is that the one where she's like, of course I'm real. Right. Yes. That's <laughs> it. Yeah. I think when I was watching the Notorious Betty Page again, having known that clip now and, and other stuff, I was like, I think it's interesting. I think Gretchen, Gretchen Maul like, totally modeled her voice, her Betty voice after that one clip. Could be. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, Betty was in some TV shows. And I searched high and low, but could not find the t- the couple of TV shows that she was supposedly in, like the Jack- Jackie Gleason right show or something like that. And, was one yeah, of and there was another one too, and I don't remember now which one it was. But you know, in night something like 1956, she was declared pinup model of the world or some title like that. Oh and wow! That, yeah, and uh, that was some probably some. PR person's thing, but that was about the time she had appeared in one of those TV shows. Yeah. Very cool. Um, well, let's see. I'm going to, there was just one more question. And some of these aren't so much related to like that last one or not so much related to the film, the, the uh, notorious Betty page, but are more just about questions about Betty. But mm-hmm. one person asked, 
did she cut off her landlady's finger in it? In other words, did they portray? Ah, okay. And and then there was somebody else answered that one said fingertip, and no, it ends with her going back home after the Senate obscenity hearings, and that's in the notorious Betty Page. Now I never understood that she cut off her landlady's fingertip. I think she cut her hand. I don't. Do you know that? You know, I've heard different versions of it, and I think the fingertip thing is in that Foster book, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, so well, that's an unreliable source. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and of course, because I, I read the police reports, and I didn't see anything like. Oh, okay. That. Well, then I would, I would, I would defer to that for sure. Right. right. Um, okay. One thing. One well, thing. Well, one thing I thought was interesting, um, and I wanted to get your thoughts about this as a filmmaker um, and in general was how they cut from in the notorious Betty page. Um, they cut from the scene where her father, I guess they were implying that her father was calling her upstairs. Um, that, and- that was, yes, that was, the, that was to portray the scene where Betty was sexually molested, which she, by her father, which she mm-hmm. talks about in my film. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought it was interesting that they showed that. And then they went straight to the scene where she's sitting outside of the, the you know, the, the Senate hearing waiting for right. her. Right. Turn to testify or whatever. And so I'm like, was it trying to say like, started with this and this is where she ended up, you know, like making a direct connection or. Well, they're, they're obvious since they're right. Scenes are right next to each other. There's some kind of connection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wonder if they're see, and that's an episode that we've talked about that we're going to do in the future is that whether there's really a link or how strong is the link. Right. Between yeah, that's sex a subject. And sex work. Right, because there seems to be a view among people or some people that sexual abuse is means equals you end up being a sex worker. Right. And I don't think it's that That's straightforward. It's complex. It's complex. Yeah. And there is so we're gonna discuss that issue in, for in sure. the future. For sure. For sure. So a little teaser there. <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted to, oh, another thing I wanted to ask you, Mark. Um is do you have any any plan? I know you're always open for um, for things, but for different projects. But are, do you have any any sort of firm plans or ideas to portray Betty again on film in the in the future? Well, I mean, I would if I I would if I had an angle or something new or mm-hmm. you know, but I don't have a specific idea about that now. I mean, I have some other film projects I'm working on, but. Nothing about Betty at this point. I mean, when when it first came out in theaters, the, my distributor suggested to me doing something in that genre, that like uh, burlesque kind of area. But then it never that never went very far. But no, I don't have a specific plan to do. I mean, we're doing this podcast. That's kind of an extension of the right. Betty story, for sure. Right, for sure. But but it's not. But the door's not closed on the possibility. Well, no, <laughs> never closed. <laughs> yeah. Especially when it comes to Betty. Absolutely. So let's, I guess we're getting close to wrapping up here. Um, one thing we want people to do is leave us reviews. Now, only we only want good reviews. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sort of kidding about that, but good reviews and good <laughs> high ratings help us get noticed by more people. So if you like Betty and like the podcast and want to spread the Betty the Betty love. The Betty love, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think 
I think people can, so, and you might know more about this than I do because you follow various podcasts, um, whereas I'm, I'm newer to it, but um, are there places on the different podcast apps that we're on, like, um, you know, Audible and, and Apple and Google? Well, and I, I know Apple has, Apple have, has ratings and reviews and getting higher up on the Apple ratings, you know, gets you, you know, more listeners and, yeah, yeah. you know. So with just whichever podcast apps you're listening on, please right. just take a look and see if there's a way to, to, to rate or and or leave reviews. And we would really appreciate that. Right. Now, earlier we mentioned that we're going to be giving away three copies of the Betty Page Reveals All, either DVD or Blu-ray, whichever you want, signed copies. I yes. will sign them to you. Amazing giveaway. Personalize that with your name signed by me. Um, and I haven't done that. In years, I used to do that when the film first came out, but I uh, haven't done any of that in years. So we'll do three of those, and that, but that's going to be on our social media, right? Yep, that'll be on our social media, and um, I am at Betty Page Fitness on Facebook and Instagram, and you are on Betty Page Reveals All on, on Instagram, on Facebook. Facebook. Right. And you've got and, the, the big group too. The Betty yeah, Page the, movie. The Betty, it's called Betty Page Movie. It's a group run by Betty Page Reveals all on Facebook. So you can, it'll, this giveaway will be on all of our social media. Yes. Yes, indeed. And also feel free to leave comments on any, you know, of our, our podcast posts on our social media pages. Um, we're always, we always welcome comments and questions, follow up questions or just questions and suggestions for future episodes. Yeah, well. any any anything anybody wants to suggest for a topic for the podcast. And we're going to be doing the podcast more often coming now. We kind of feel like we've got it together, got up. Yes, got, we've got hit up our stride. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we'll be doing another one very soon. Absolutely. Until then, wishing you all the very best. Yes. Talk to you later, Betty fans. Bye. <laughs>